Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's Crown Corner as we get you a recap of what happened against CF Montreal as Charlotte FC took a nil-nil draw in that contest on Saturday. And now, once again, we'll have a little bit of a break uh, off of a draw to kind of recalibrate and rethink some things. Uh, Christian Latanzio seemed pretty miffed uh, in his post-match comments, uh, calling the players basically his sons, but saying that you know they need to be necessarily different and better when it comes to their finishing. And I think it, it kind of mirrors the frustration that you and I had watching it, Jess, because uh, I think more and more we saw uh, Jonathan Sirwa played a great game, full marks to him, but I think the, the greater frustration is that we just really couldn't get anything going on the offensive end from a finishing standpoint. Yeah, the chances were created. The finishing was just not very good from Charlotte FC. And you heard it in Latanzio's presser where he's saying he expects more from his experienced players, pretty much singling out Svidersky and Copetti for their finishing. The more you look back at the highlights, the more you think, hey, at least one of those has to go in. Yes, Siwa's made some great saves. I think back to the save-off of Kerwin Vargas that was spectacular, the save-off of Justin Merrim, which was very good. The Merrim chance, should he have gone far post, I think that would have been a better decision, but at least he hit the frame, which was the biggest issue we have with some of the misses we saw from our experienced players. With that being said, I don't know how you feel, Will, you hold your players accountable by taking them off the pitch, right? And I think a player like Patrick Adjuman should have been given longer based on the impact we saw him have, the excitement he created, the opportunities and different threat that he presented for the CF Montreal um, defensive line. And maybe you hold players accountable by letting them sit on the bench a little bit earlier if you don't think they are upping their game in terms of their finishing. I think, too, Jess, you know, you're seeing the way Ajiman is playing for Crown Legacy. He got another two goals on Sunday and uh, also had the goal against Seattle Sounders. And I, I just keep going back to the fact that I know that the level of MLS Next Pro is not the level of Charlotte FC, but I think it's becoming harder and harder to ignore what he's doing on the pitch. I'm not saying you bench Capetti. But what I am saying, like you were saying, is basically like, look, he deserves to play a bigger part in the match, whether it's you put him on the pitch together or you figure out a way to have him and Capetti coexist or or maybe sub out Carroll. I don't know what the, the ultimate solution is, but I do think that there needs to be a way that you can capitalize and and bottle up some of what Patrick Ajiman is doing because right now it, it's some really stunning stuff. Unfortunately, it hasn't led to results for the first team side. Yeah, 10 minutes just isn't realistically long enough to be able to have an impact. And if you see the impact he was able to have in less than 10 minutes on the pitch in terms of opportunities created, in terms of excitement, in terms of even I think back to two games ago where he had the shot on target. You know, he is able to find finishing. Of course, we can't compare Crown Legacy and MLS in terms of the level, but I do think there is areas of the game that can be compared. And I think as a striker, it doesn't matter who's in goal. It doesn't matter what level you're playing at. Finishing and that consistency and that sort of feeling on fire that strikers get when they're in form does kind of 
find a way of translating from Crown Legacy into MLS. And when you've got a player that's feeling hot about himself, that's high in confidence, you want to utilize them. Very much so. And I guess the one contrast of a nil-nil draw is that you know, our defense had a very, very nice contest on Saturday. We give props to Christian Kalina for his clean sheet. Uh, wasn't as busy as Jonathan Sirwa, but made the saves he needed to when called upon and also caught a couple of balls on some services inward that were thwarting uh, some Montreal chances. I just noticed an organization back there, and I think a lot of that's due to Derek Jones being back in the lineup. And I wasn't necessarily always sold on the Derek Jones as center back experience. I, I think that early on there was some growing pains, but uh, I almost kind of feel more confident with that than some of the other moves that we've made there. Not to uh, at least take about the fact that, that Adilson Melanda definitely is strong back there. And hopefully Adilson's not out too long with the injury that he took in training earlier this week. But, you know, to me, DJ being back there is incredibly solid, and if it involves an opportunity to get our field when he is able to play on the team on uh, Wednesday the 5th and Westwood on the field together alongside him, I almost feel like that could be uh, a real, real great lockdown option for Charlotte FC. Derek Jones offers a really good presence in the centre-back role when Latanzio tactically wants to push the centre-back up into the midfield because he understands both sides of the game. And having Derek Jones step in and up towards that midfield area did what Charlotte FC has needed for a long time in terms of closing the gap between the midfield and the defence more often than not. Of course, there were still moments, but it felt a lot less gappy, which is a word we've had to use a lot, unfortunately, when there hasn't seemed to be a thread connecting our defence and midfield a lot of the time. Derek Jones was able to create that connection more effectively, and I don't think it's a coincidence that we had a clean sheet in this match. Looking, obviously, at the next couple of uh, days that they will have without a match, I'm sure they're going to do a lot of that mixing of the squads thing that Chris Latanzia likes to do, and I think we have to kind of see exactly where our best 11 sits right now. Well, I think that there's still some debate up on that, uh, especially with the fact that you still have had some injuries affecting the team. Mentioned Melanda earlier, and we'll see whether or not he ends up coming back here after a couple of weeks. But if Camille Juzviak is able to get himself back to being 90 minutes fit, I'd like to see him back in there in that starting lineup just because we really haven't seen much from Kerwin Vargas aside from a couple of long-distance chances. Uh, I'd really like to see Camille from the start. And like I mentioned before, our field and Westwood, I think, could make a pretty tidy combo in the midfield. Not to take away from what Ben Bender did in the brace uh, earlier last week against uh, New York Red Bulls, but uh, we didn't necessarily feel him as much in the Saturday match. Yeah, for Kerwin... I described it, I think, in the pregame show. What we've seen from Kerwin, unfortunately, is against certain oppositions, he's able to really shine. And unfortunately, in more physical games, in more uh, testing battles, he doesn't contribute as much in the way that Latanja expects his wingers to do on the defensive side of the ball. I'm a big fan of the way Kerwin Vargas plays, but I think at times he demonstrates his youthful inexperience, maybe, with the way his head goes in and out of the game, the way that his confidence takes a bit of a shaking now and then. But we also know he has an exciting eye for goal and isn't afraid to take a shot. But sometimes that can be a great attribute to have off of the bench. What Juzviak gives you is that purpose and understanding of the fullback role from when he's played it in the national team. So he has that defensive capability when he plays on the wing. It was not a coincidence that he played on the right-hand side of uh, midfield 
when we knew that Montreal wanted to attack down their left-hand side so much. And when Camille was in, it felt like less opportunities went begging for Montreal because we were able to have the defensive side of the game coming from our wingers. And eventually, they very much did cape them, kind of cut off at the pass once Camille uh, entered the game for Charlotte FC. How would you fix or attempt to fix the Enzo issue? Just because I, th- I think from from his perspective right now, I don't know if, it, again, it's a service issue like we've talked about with him and, and Carol over the course of the season. I know we had a chance that uh, I think he'd want to have back. But, but h- how do you kind of, I guess, solve the curious case of Enzo Capetti right now? I think it's extremely difficult because he has his flashes of brilliance. I think back to that lone run against Montreal where he was able to power through three, four different challenges, showed his strength, showed his footwork, showed his willingness and determination. But those moments are unfortunately few and far in between. And a lot of that's to do with his lack of service. But some of that is also to do with the fact when he does get his moments, he hasn't been able to finish them right now. I think you've got to be doing a lot of confidence building, shooting practices in your practice and the time you have between these games. And I think you have to talk to him and tell him what the expectations are. Latanzio was very vocal in his press conference and Latanzio needs to continue to, you know, if you can say that to the press, you've also got to be saying that to the individual players. And I'm sure Latanzio is. I'm sure he is the sort of uh, manager that is willing to have those difficult conversations for the benefit of the team. But it's also a level of accountability, right? It's all well and good to tell a player, hey, we need more from you. We need you to do better there has to be a follow through if that is not improved because otherwise it's just words, right? You have to show that accountability and perhaps it is a 60th minute substitute, a 45 minute substitute. We saw Patrick Adjaman get substituted in his first start in 45 minutes, right? So we know that's something Latanzio is capable of. We saw Hamadi Diop get substituted after being a substitute. So Latanzio is not afraid to use his substitutions as a way to send a message. And perhaps it's a message that Enzo Capetti may need if he's not able to show what he can do consistently. Do want to at least, uh, before we depart, give a shout out to Isaac Walker of Crown Legacy. Uh, He was named uh, to at least be participant in the MLS Next Pro Goalie Wars which will happen during the MLS All-Star Weekend in D.C. coming up in the middle of July. Uh, Damian Loss of Austin FC, Ben Martino of Huntsville City, and Xavier Valdez of Houston Dynamo 2 will be alongside Walker for basically a one-on-one single elimination competition during three 90-second rounds. Each goalkeeper will defend his own net while trying to score on his opponent by throwing, kicking, or drop-kicking the ball. It should be an interesting competition, and Jess, as somebody who uh, is always a part of the goalkeeper union, I'm curious to see not only your thoughts about this competition, but what kind of role Isaac can play in possibly winning it. Yeah, I mean, goalie wars is something we play as goalkeepers growing up. It's something that every goalkeeper clinic has. It's a lot of fun. It's it's quite intense. It can be pretty dangerous when you think about how close these two goals are and the fact that the power you're able to have in a punt, in a shot, in a throw, but it's exciting. And these are the things that test true reaction goalkeepers from what we've seen of Walker during his time in Crown Legacy. Confident from 12 yards in terms of penalty saves, which is always going to be helpful. Seems to be an extremely competitive guy. So excited to see it. And it's always nice for goalkeepers to get an opportunity to display what they can do. How, how did you fare in, in these type of situations and competitions? I was pretty good at goalie wars. I'm not going to lie, just because of that madness uh, of not being (laughs) worried about taking a ball, you know, with whatever power it took. There may be a video on YouTube somewhere of me getting struck in the face in a double goalie wars, which was 2v2. Ooh, that's too much for me. 
It's part it's of the game, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think you have quite the uh, fearlessness to do it. I'm not. I'm not there. I'll. I'll. I'll stay back out of that. But uh, hoping to get a chance to talk with Isaac on uh, either an episode of Crown Corner or potentially during a Charlotte FC pregame show when the uh, Crown is home to at least get his thoughts on going into that competition. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun to see him represented at the MLS All-Star Game in D.C. again in the middle of July. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Crown Corner. Hopefully we will get a couple of uh, restful opportunities here over the next couple of days and weeks and get you ready for a week from Wednesday when Charlotte FC takes on NYCFC. Jess, always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Looking forward to a little bit of a rest before three points for the crown. We'll try and get Charlotte FC an opportunity to do that in the Tri-State area coming up next uh, weekend, a week from Wednesday on the 5th of July. You can hear it all on the Charlotte FC Radio Network. And be sure to like, subscribe, and rate Crown Corner wherever you get your podcasts.